Gospel Message is brought to you by the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. And I'll just quickly say one or two things to us from that passage. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Amen. Uh, it's kind of a verse that was taken, you know, out of many things, but haven't got the time to go through all that for you in context. It says, for all things are for your sakes, that grace, or so that grace, having spread through many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Let's look at it from another version. It says, all this is for your sake. And so he was talking about many good things that God has done and his dream. He said, all those things that God has done, they, um, you know, they are for your sake, so that, that is God's worst version, so that as God's kindness overflows in the lives of many people, it will produce even more thanksgiving to the glory of God. Okay? All right? So, three important words there. Number one, grace. And grace comes from God. Number two, glory, which belongs to God. And number three, thanksgiving, which is the human response to God's grace. So, the short admonition will be titled, Responding to Grace. Responding to grace. You probably are quite aware that the concept, the planning, and the execution of grace is absolutely peculiar to the Christian faith. There's no other faith, there's no other religion that has the concept of grace. Many of them, they will list a few things you ought to do. They will tell you how you can improve yourself. It's only the Christian faith through Christ Jesus that the the, the concept of, of grace, meaning that you don't deserve something and God gives it to you, is only in Christianity. In actual fact, Judaism, which was another form of religion from which Christ came to perfect and make it what we now call Christianity, did not even fulfill that because in John chapter 1 verse 17, John chapter 1 verse 17 says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and the truth came through Jesus Christ. And so, combining all together in this month of glory, we know that the real essence of grace is that the world may wonder at the glory of God. Did you get that one? That grace is given so that people can wonder and say, really? You mean God changed him? You mean really God changed her? Really God had time to make this person that nobody thought ever had a chance to amount to something? And so when people see the grace of God in the life of human being, they can then turn and give glory to God. So that is the only question. But between grace and glory, there's something that must be inserted in between. You know that thing? That is thanksgiving. Because that's what that verse says in 2 Corinthians 4.15. It says, so that when grace is working and people are giving thanks unto God, glory will eventually return unto God. Hallelujah. So, grace must be responded to with what? Thanksgiving. Is that simple enough? 
All right. If that's all I want to tell you, and I say one or two things, that should be more than enough. I repeat one more time. When you come across grace, the primary response that God wants from you is what? That's all. That's all. That is when God shows his kindness to you. In actual fact, it is your thanksgiving that will spur repentance. It's your thanksgiving that will move you or your thankfulness of heart that will eventually move you to serve God. So everything that grace does, the primary and the first response you must say, Ah, Lord, I thank you. You mean despite. You mean in spite of. And so when that rises in our heart, we will begin to appreciate what God has done. I actually discovered that the more thankful a person is, the less likely it is that he or she will be afflicted for a long time. The more thankful a person is, the less likely it is. It will have affliction. The devil will try, but it cannot be for a long time. The reason is simple, because genuine praise creates an atmosphere of the presence of God. Because all through life, we need to recognize that, that nothing can function without... The word that came to my mind is milieu. It's, it's a kind of a French derivative word. Milieu means an environment. Everything in life tells us that without the right environment, some things cannot happen. A crop will only grow in the environment of water, uh-huh, sunlight, and, and good, good earth. That's all. So when there's air, there's good earth, and whatever, a plant will grow. You are sitting there because you have the right environment to be physically alive. You agree with me? And what are the things that have made you be sitting there alive? Number one, oxygen. Number two, water, of course. And number three, come on, the one you like, food. And I like too. And so, glucose must be supplied in one form or another so that we can keep alive. Now, listen carefully to this. Demons cannot function except in a medium of fear. And that I have noted a long time ago. One thing I don't do, and I struggle all the time not to do, I don't do fear. I, I, once I'm talking to someone and you want to bring the fear factor in, I get rather rude sometimes. Because Jesus Christ, maybe I picked it from him. One of the few things that he's trying to teach me, and I've still got tons of what he needs to teach me. There was a man that Jesus Christ was going to heal at a time, and somebody brought a bad news to him. Jesus turned to him. He said, what? Be not afraid. Just keep believing. That's why when people hear bad news, the devil makes sure the news is very bad and very badly presented. So that it will create fear, so that it can function. We all know that many people that get bad diagnosis from the hospital... More often than not, what keeps them or kept them, those that you know, unfortunately did not make it, going down was not even the diagnosis, but the fear. A person that was essentially okay and was just moving around, immediately the doctor said, this is what is happening, you see them going down. You heard of that before. So fear is the environment in which forces of darkness operate. And I need to establish that so that you can choose the opposite of fear. Of course, faith is the environment where God chooses to function. 
No matter how much he loves to do whatever he wants to do, I wish I can circumvent faith. I wish I can, you know, um, what's that brother um, testifying this morning about the message of faith and unbelief, you know, about fear and unbelief. And thank God, he believed. Was he the one that started sleeping? Yes. And thank God you believed. And immediately, the atmosphere was created for you to begin to function the way God wants you to function. Hallelujah. Somebody getting something from there. All right? I need to skip a few things just to make mention of what I believe the Lord wants you to hear this morning. And then we'll stop on this issue of thanksgiving. I believe it is grace. And I'm now pivoting back to grace. I believe it is grace because I'm not telling you not to fear. Listen carefully. Amen? I'm not asking you by the special grace of God not to worry. But you know what? You will still live here worrying and fearing. In actual fact, sometimes the more we tell a person not to fear, the more they fear. They are now getting afraid of being fearful. And you tell a person not to worry, they are now very anxious of not worrying. And that is why many at times, I believe this is a personal revelation which you can hold on to. Where, why do we come to church? Where do we have, where, where, why do we hear sermons? Where do we hear teachings? Why? why? Why do we come to church? Anybody? Why do we come? Eh? To increase our faith, good. Why? Again, do we come to church? Why do we hear sermons? To encourage us, good. Yes, we get encouragement. Why else? What else? Okay, somebody have mentioned renew faith, encourage us, yes. Why do we come? To renew our minds in the world. All those things are correct. But none of those things will work. Listen carefully. If God does not work it in you, since we've been hearing something, if grace does not work it in you, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, it is God who works in us, both to what? To will and to... One of these days we will have a longer teaching of, on, on this grace thing. John chapter 15 verse 5. He said, without me you can. So no matter how much I shout or scream or talk or plead with you or talk softly or cajole, if grace does not come into your life, you cannot do anything. So when we hear preachings, when we hear sermons, you have only one duty for yourself to do. What is that duty? That duty is to take it to the Lord in prayer and ask for grace to be what he wants you to be. So whatever you hear, subject it immediately to prayer. And your prayer is, Lord, empower me. Give me the grace to be what you want me to be. And that's pretty revolutionary for me. That makes it very easy for me. Because no one can suggest unto you what you will be with your human efforts if it's something very deeply spiritual you can't attain unto it. You need God's help. How many times have you had sermons and you just got up and you said, this week I'm going to do it. And you didn't do it. How many times that we started the new year, even after long periods of fasting, and said, now it is settled. Two weeks on. Things are back to normal. You know why? Because you didn't have grace to do it. And so, I want you to appreciate grace and be thankful. So, your thankfulness today will be stronger and deeper than it has ever been. Somebody say amen to that one. So, now, I pay what quickly back to Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. I discovered as well in the scriptures that 
of all the things that God hates most and probably he punished most in people is ingratitude and lack of thanksgiving. One of the most important passages of the Bible, please may I ask you, and also it's good that when we come to church, we have little homework to do. Because this is the best school you can ever attend. The school of the spirit. May I ask you, you go back home and read Romans chapter 1 and chapter 2. Apart from John chapter 3, maybe chapters 1 to 3, I think personally that's about the most important passage in the Bible. There are so many truths contained therein that actually answer some of the tough questions of life. I have not got time today. I'm really, I wish I do, but I'll just take one of the verses there and I tell you. Beginning from around verse 20, there was a long story that was mentioned about how people did not believe in God. And that chapter 1 was very profound. It talks about the three categories of people. I've not got time. Hopefully when you go back home and do your own study, because you cannot grow on my own knowledge of the Bible, you need your own knowledge. You cannot be who you have to be on my own understanding. You need your, because God will need to teach you in the best way you can understand. You can imagine me trying to talk to 250, 300 people here, and all of them, they learn differently. Even if you are the greatest genius, there's no way you can communicate because we all learn differently. Some of us will learn in a structured manner. Some of us will learn through stories. So I throw a few stories, I throw a few structure. Sometimes some people, they just lie by throwing anecdotes unto them. So you need to go back and let the Holy Spirit. Now, let me quickly go back to this place. It was talking about three categories of people, those that were Jews, those were non-Jews, those that would perish. But when you get back home, you've got to go to sort that out on your own. But it said something. In all the verses and the passages of the Bible, the only passage that I discovered in the Bible that listed longest sins was this one. It listed five categories or five different types of sin. The 25, depending on the way you count, you count it. If I, I counted it one time, but it was 27. And I'll tell you the reason why I'm a little bit very pedantic on that. So he then went on, he mentioned about issue of homosexuality there. He mentioned about issue of, you know, people, all sorts of sin. He listed them. The next one to eat was, I think, probably Galatians chapter 5, 21 to 23 or thereabouts. You know, or 20 to 21. 22 is the, the fruit of the Spirit. And which listed 17. This one listed 25. And I was wondering, I said, Lord, why, why, why spend so much time listing sins? Of course, he lists sins so that everybody will be aware of who they are and they can cry back to God and say, deliver me from this sin. You know, that's the reason. All right? So the same, thing, the same reason for preaching. Let me tell you where I'm going. About Thanksgiving, the importance of it. Take that away. I don't need that now. That's not what I need, sir. Now go back to um, Romans chapter 1. I just use verse 21. And after that, hopefully I can pivot and just begin to close. Romans chapter 1, verse 21. It said about this category, one of the three categories I mentioned to you. When you get back home, you understand that fully. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify God as God. Are you getting that now? Nowhere, nowhere. But they became futile in their thoughts, uh-huh, and there were, they knew God was God, they didn't glorify him, and they were not thankful. 
The next few verses then said, and God gave them up to a reprobate mind. So that they started doing things that were not right. So, in hearing the word of God, in understanding the word of God, only one thing is required of you. You must be thankful. Or else, a person is risking a downward journey in life. May you not go downward. A marriage will work better if you learn to be thankful for what is working. Then what is not working will pale into nothingness. Even your finances will get better because you will not invest your money in panic because you are thankful that you can eat and drink if you are able to. Let's learn to be thankful because if we are not thankful, the next thing is that God will withdraw from the person's life. And I pray he does not withdraw from our lives. That's what he did to them. He withdrew from their lives. He started giving them blessings and they were going down and down until they got to the point in which they were doing things that are beyond human comprehension. Be thankful for everything. Can I hear everybody say amen to that one? And if I might quickly help you in areas you need to be thankful for, areas of grace, for what is called common grace. Common grace is the blessing that God gives to every human being under the sun. Hallelujah. And that's what he says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45. Matthew 5, 45. He says, he makes his son to shine upon the righteous and the... So, whether you believe in God or you do not, there's what is called common grace. Those of us that believe, let us daily be thankful for common grace. Be thankful that your body functions are performing their rightful duties. Amen. May I also encourage you, that part of your thanksgiving is that when you remember something special and your heart leaps for joy, don't wait until the evening. Thank God at that time. That's what I call a lifestyle of thanksgiving. There was a time I was working in waterworks. We call it waterworks. I was working with people with um, urinary problems. And we had a lot of them, you know, some of them for various reasons. They had difficulty in passing water. And one of the things I got nothing to actually relate onto that. The thought just came to my mind. And I said, Lord, that I could get up anytime and eat and do number one and number two freely, Lord, I thank you. And my heart lifted and all the pains that I was having, you know, they started disappearing one after another. There are people, and I don't like to use negative examples, but please, learn to be thankful. Maybe you are eating, and you are probably overeating. Remember some people, they just cannot swallow anything. They just cannot. I don't have more to share. A colleague, they sent something to me this week, very painful. We were together. You know, unfortunately, they sent him on his hospital bed, you know, just couldn't eat. He's got a condition that couldn't make him eat. 
And yet, your problem and my problem is that we are trying to stop not to eat too much. And it's all those little things that God actually sees and blesses a person. Can I hear you made on to that? My greatest sad desire is that some of the toughest challenges of your life will be resolved this very week. No, no, not by prayer, but by thanksgiving. Not by prayer, but by thanksgiving. I will close now. If, but you need to open yourself unto this. That, that's all I've come to tell you. I've got a few other things to tell you. You have the, the, the common grace that we all enjoy. Be thankful for common grace. And, and we can multiply it. You can see. Even if you are seeing with a bit of help, you still can see. If you have one eye, you can see. But if you don't even have eyes at all, praise God for that. You probably have ears to hear. And if you don't even have eyes, you don't have, you still got hope of life eternal. More than enough to thank God for. Can I hear you a big amen unto that? One of the signs of the end times that the Bible says is that people will be unthankful. Did you read it? Did you read it in your Bible? We are the most unthankful generation. I don't know why. People that have gone before us, they went through a lot of hardship. We have children that we have raised up in severe opulence compared to previous generations. But every day they complain, there's no iPhone. The iPhone is not current. There's no iPad. The iPad is not the right one. There is or there is not. The shoes, the bag, the everything. We never, and whether you like it or not, whether they say it or not, or even you yourself sitting down there, more often than not, I seldom hear sitting there after service. Anyone come in and say, Pastor, I say, what are you here for? No, don't pray. Just help me thank God. What for? Maybe that will start today. But we have all long lists. And it's not only you. I have my long list. You know what? I'm, I'm ripping my long list today. Will you rip yours? Are you serious? Rip it. Jesus had 5,000 people to feed them more. You know what he did? They brought small bread to him. Why the disciples were grumbling? It's not enough. What did Jesus do? The Bible said he lifted and did what? Lord, I thank you for only this few. What did God do with it? He multiplied it. We you return to God and just, what you have, we will just give it back to him and say, Lord, I thank you. And most of the time, we are not thankful because we are comparing. Somebody once said, you saw somebody driving. Um, he mentioned three things. He said, you saw a, a, a mate of yours, a classmate of yours, saw him driving a very big Porsche car. Um, you saw another one entering into another big house. Um, thing. Mention one other one. And then you went back home, you were crying. And you said, Lord, why is my own life so bad? He said, what you didn't know is that the one you saw in the big car was a driver. <laughs> said, the one that you saw entering into a big house was a cleaner there. It's just on his run. You don't even know where people are. Before you start wondering and comparing yourself, will you be thankful from today? Thank him, not just for the common grace. Thank him for the saving grace. Saving grace is the one that he used to save you. And another way I put it is that common grace, that means God's glory around you. Because everybody has it. Saving grace is God's glory inside you. Because that is the time you become a recipient of God's glory. Thank him for serving grace, ability to serve him. 
and the opportunity to serve him. One of the greatest things I thank God for is that he gave me the opportunity and the platform to be able to be a mouthpiece for him. And we all are. You invite somebody to church, you're a mouthpiece for Jesus already. Be thankful. And when you have the serving grace, that is God's grace from you, proceeding from you. Just mention one of the common graces, one of the graces that we enjoy that we don't even remember. It's what I call the sustaining grace. If you've been born again for more than three weeks, you better thank God that you have not gone back. You've been sustained. Oh, I know within those three weeks, you've vaccinated ten times and back, but you are still here. Thank God for sustaining grace, and that is God's grace on you, God's glory on you. Hallelujah. We will all rise up right now. I think I've kept to the time. 20 seconds to go. The testimonies took a lot of time today. Fantastic. The time of worship, they tried to adjust, but I know that's fine. Most important thing is that God is being glorified. Hallelujah. 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 It's not complex. I mentioned three words today. Number one, please. Grace, number two. And number three, and it's a continuum. Daily remember to respond to grace. Because the apostle said that we must not take the grace of God in vain. Respond to grace. You are surrounded by grace every day. Respond and respond well. And your response is, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for grace. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for grace. Hallelujah. And the grace you are thanking him for can only increase in the name of Jesus. We have just about two minutes. But I mentioned saving grace somewhere. There's no human being that is not enjoying grace, but not all are enjoying all the grace. If you have not explored that grace that is called the saving grace, or you've explored it and it seems to have lapsed in your life, God can bring you back into it again today. Amen? Once a month we talk about thanksgiving. I pray that we will get to a point in which everyone will say, you know what? I'm already saturated with thanksgiving. But I want someone here to thank God if you are saved. And I want someone here to say, Jesus, thank you for provision for salvation. But I want to receive it as well. Amen. And as you make that step, he in his goodness and mercy, he will meet with you today. What I want you to do, if you really, really want to respond to grace, the saving grace, I want you to see me after the service. I'll be sitting down here. You take number one uh, priority and so just come I will take you through that explain to me more about this saving grace the saving grace is what makes a person that is destined for hell to now change direction and go to heaven the saving grace is what makes a person who is insensitive unto the laws of God now to be very cautious and very sensitive unto what is right from what is wrong 
And that grace is available here today. Have you got something you want to thank God for? In a few minutes, we will continue the thanksgiving joyously, bringing our gift, our giving unto the Lord. But before that time, will somebody just say, thank you, Jesus? Lift up your voices and bless him right now. I think you can do it on your own. Think of the goodness of the Lord. Look at those major categories that we mentioned that you need to. Don't, this is not the time to be thinking of something else. May I lovingly encourage your heart to do one thing. And that one thing is very, very simple. You know it? That thing is just thank God. Be specific. It will help if you are, you know, if you, if, if you verbalize it. You know, we can all thank God in our heart, but it's better when you verbalize it. Let your own ears hear what you are saying. For waking me up, Lord, I thank you. For my sanity, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for I can still hope for tomorrow. For your body functions. Just give thanks unto God. For if you have a family, and we all have families, thank God. Don't be full of what. You know, that child is not doing. Where that child is not. Thank God for where that child is. Don't complain too much about what that man is not doing, what that woman is not doing that is placed by your side as your spouse. Just thank God for that man. Thank God for that woman. Don't be too concerned about what that parent is not measuring up to the standard you want. Oh, I had so many of us. We list all those things. Verbalize your own praise. This is time to pray your understanding. Many are times we don't have the consciousness to know how to thank God. You can't say you are thanking me without opening your mouth. Mention it. I thank you, Father. Can it be so possible that you can't remember anything to thank God for? Then that will be not good at all. But I'm sure you can think of something. And you need to think of it and speak it out at this time. And mention it because you can't defy it. He wants to hear you say thank you. He wants to hear you say thank you from the bottom of your heart. Lord, I thank you. Mention it unto him right now. Mention it from the bottom of your heart. Give him praise. Give him thanks for all that he has done. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Could it be possible that you have things you are thanking God that they are very private? It's possible. But I believe there are many things you can thank God for that are not that private. As we continue to worship God, you will you be singing. You know, as we're doing the next phase of the service, you will be singing, you will be doing every other thing. But please take the time to think deeply and thank God. Amen? What He delivered you from. I was down in Birmingham teaching yesterday and my whole life flashed before me. I hope your own life is flashing before you. What are the testimonies I remember? Do you remember? Or you just play religion? Let's thank God. I mean, if I, as a human being, I help someone and, they, and I've come across many people before, giving them a little token, they, do, they don't even remember to send a test to you and they say, I received it. You cannot, I, and I felt as if I've been robbed. You can know God who you owe everything to. Lift your two hands to the heaven. Let me pray for you for grace. Because we said today, grace is behind everything. You agree with me? And I sense that maybe we need more grace to know how to thank him. 
that grace will come today. Father, unto you we owe everything. And in surrender, we lift our hands unto you. And we pray at this very moment, let grace rest upon each and every one of us. So that we will live a life and have a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Some that came in here heavy today, you have only one word for them. Go back and thank me. Some that came in here disappointed today, you have only one word for them. I don't want to hear those requests anymore. You just go back and thank me. And I know you'll be true to your word. Let grace abound for people to obey your simple instruction today in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I'm trusting you that next week testimony will come. That you spoke to us, we heard you, and we obeyed you. And that the result is here to be shown. Father, we give you praise, honor, and glory. Our lives shall forever praise you. Blessed be your name forevermore. In Jesus' most wonderful name we pray. We normally do that from time to time. We want to get you in that mood because sometimes we need to stir our hearts up. We need to stir ourselves up. So you're going to shout hallelujah. Hallelujah means let God be praised. Amen? And sometimes when we do it together, there's an impact that it has in the heavenly place. You agree with me? book of Revelation says there were thousands and thousands of people singing unto God in unity. And so I believe in unison, we can also shout a mighty, let God be praised here. And when we shout that hallelujah, I believe something will break. I say something that is not working, we, that is not supposed to be in your life and is still standing there, we break this afternoon. So let somebody shout hallelujah. From the bottom of your heart, shout hallelujah. Somebody shout a mighty hallelujah. Come on, give him praise. Put your hands together for the Lord. Give him praise. Give him praise. It's worthy. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.